Hey everyone, welcome back. This is episode two of Indie Creators. We're going to keep them coming. Uh, John and I, this week in the bar, we interviewed Brooklyn rapper Soul Khan. We talked about a lot of stuff, uh, his start in rap, uh, growing up in Los Angeles and then coming out to Brooklyn. Talked a little bit about the rap battles and a lot more stuff. Listen for all of that and before we get to our interview or... No, interview. I don't like interview. Our chat. Our chat. Our conversation. <laughs> yeah. Today's podcast is brought to you, as always, by Indie Music. Indie Music is the global rights administration network for independent artists, helping you make money and control your rights on YouTube, SoundCloud, and beyond. That's not part of the copy. I should have just read the copy. I like the way you did it. That Thank, was good. Thanks, man. Here's Solcon. Yo, yo, come on and kick it on the porch yeah. with me. Take the scene from your seat, neighbor, get some balls built in. I know this town like the black of my hand. It got more tails than hey, That's what made me nervous. Yeah. I was like, it's yeah. like, there's like, we got to experience the festival. It's like the crushing humiliation of not being good enough will outweigh your feelings of yeah. missing out. I promise. It's like, That's... hey, uh, do you want to play at this huge festival? And you have three days to plan it. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, we're, we're here with Solcon uh, in the bar, uh, ladies yep. and gentlemen. We were just talking a little bit about um, uh, the super group we did uh, mm -hmm. with, with him and a few other artists uh, in the Indie Music Network at Bonnaroo yeah. in 2013, right? Yeah, it was 2013. Yeah, we just, that was. Yeah, taking yes, a trip down memory road. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It, was, it was a lot of fun. It was sort of like um, we're going to get uh, four artists together, and then as soon as we got on site, it was, uh, hey, Solcon, do you want to be the band leader? <laughs> Yeah, that was terrifying. I, uh, I think I took to it well enough. I just am not a formally trained musician, and everybody else was. So that was a little difficult, just trying to uh, navigate past my own insecurities or ignorance about that, um, while being very frank about that. Right. Sure. Um, there are a lot of moments, though, where people said things like all right so we're gonna you know we're gonna step this up you know uh you know uh i forgot so they, they use some like tempo designation i don't know tempos that's actually not that hard but just anytime <laughs> use like a, a any sort of like musical structural term i'd just be like yeah like that can you beatbox it for me like could you just hum it for me because right. that's that's how i do everything i that i do even when i write my my i write all my hooks and i come up with the melodies but all I do is I, if someone else is singing them, I sing it to them and say, do it like that, but sound better than I do. For sure. So, so I mean, that was an experience that was, that was kind of like trying to figure out how to bring what, how I do music in a very piecemeal troll-like way uh, <laughs> to the much more refined sensibilities of well-trained musicians. And uh, then pulling station. that all together in four days, so yeah. three, day, three days, four days, what was it? Uh, that was, yeah, it was, well, it was, I think it was, was it? I think it was three days of rehearsal. Yeah, three days of rehearsal, and we had the, then there was the perform. there was go time. Yeah, I think the third um, day was the performance. So it was like the, the night of, right? And we had a little more time than that. I can't remember exactly, because every day was just this very bizarre, uh, you know, uh, fog that was like humid and <laughs> full of painted faces. Right. And... People stumbling up to me and be like, hey, man, you got pot? And I'm like, no, I don't. I, I won't for the... You just check me off the list for the rest yeah, of the festival. Yeah, I'm the only um, one that doesn't have pot. Yeah, pretty much. So move on. Pretty much. I think of me as your dad while you're here. <laughs> I mean, that's Bonnaroo. I mean, that, that yeah. whole series is up on, on, on our YouTube channel, so you guys can check it out. Oh, but let, let's back up a little bit yeah, and talk yeah. about your was, process. You mentioned that 
Um, a lot of the ways you, know, you write songs, you mentioned troll-like as a, so does that just mean that, you know, you come up with a lot of the, the structure of the songs on your own and then you, you bring out like other producers or how does that process normally work for you? I, I'll get the beat from whoever produces the song. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, my, the album I'm working on is produced by J57 from Brown Bag All-Stars. And, you know, I'll get a beat from him and then I'll just play it over and over again and get really frustrated yep. by not being able to come up with anything. <laughs> Fight and it a little bit. I yeah, gotcha. it's just, it's going to be, that, that's, there's a, a long period of frustration that accompanies making any song that I have to live with for a long time. So yeah. album stuff is excruciating. Um, I'll just play the beat over and over again. If you go to my iTunes, you'll see like on the play count, all of my beats, they have all like the, the play count is in excess of like 300 for every single one that I've ever put wow. out. So that's to give you a sense of how uh, obsessive and uh, how much of a perfectionist I am with that. And then when I finally have an idea of what I'm going to do, then comes the, the, the misery of writing the song and I know it's supposed to be like this I'm supposed to make music making out to sound like this liberating beautiful process mm-hmm. the I hate the process I love the outcome oh of course and Absolutely. and being able to share that that's the great part I, I know a lot of people love the process um probably because I'm not in instrumental musician right sure that well, probably that probably takes some of the wonderment out because I'm just stumbling around uh and and cobbling stuff together in my head um that makes it frustrating but you know i i get the song out i get it done i record it again 50 million times and then when it's done i'm ecstatic and i you know share it with everybody i can for sure and i feel like you know anyone that anyone that tries to make it sound like you know art for lack of a better term is easy to make i mean of course it's fun when you find a finished product but most artists never are actually satisfied with their finished product, you know? Yeah, and I think a lot of the folks who are able to say, oh man, art is so amazing and beautiful and they just <laughs> can like pontificate on how freeing it is for them. They don't have any adult obligations right. or they have neglected all those adult obligations um, or they're just lucky that all of them have been satisfied in an easy way. You know, I got a lot of friends that, you know, uh, and acquaintances and people I hate uh, who I've experienced in life and, and, and met They're through my life who like, yeah. And some of them, you know, some of whom who were artists and just, you know, would, would gush over how excited they were for this piece and that piece. And I'm like, you live at your parents' house and you're 27. Like yeah. you, you know, are a Vanderbilt or something like that's <laughs> yeah, right. these, these like that, that, and that's the thing that's there. There's always been that. And, you know, if you go back, obviously decades and decades ago, it, you know, we're not talking about, something like where people would like squat in like studio apartments that mm-hmm. were abandoned in New York in the seventies. Like the good old days. 80s. That's yeah. what they call the it. It's days. not what it is. Yeah. It's not, that's not what we're talking about, nor is it necessarily enviable, you right. know, creatively it might be, but well, I, I think there's a romanticism to it. Yeah, there's absolutely. a time when you could be an artist in the West village and make a living and, you know, and now they all, they all hate New York and they want to live in, in like uh, Hudson, you know, so yeah. it's, and they, and they get the hell out of here, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, and, and yeah, I like Hudson, but so, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things where like, I think real life is, I, I don't try to, uh, soft sell. I don't try to, to, I don't try to, to paint a rosy picture of mm-hmm. something that's, that's, that's not always rosy. Sometimes it's very difficult and frustrating and, 
when you make music about life, yeah. your life is going to inform it and how you talk about the art that you make. Was so. there something about um, that time period in either music or New York City that made you want to make music? I mean, when I, I was growing up you know, from the San Fernando Valley, mm-hmm. originally mm-hmm. in Woodland Hills, and uh, just sort of a, a kid adrift in uh, you know, suburban Southern California. Yeah. That, you know, New York looked like this, this oasis of excitement and creativity from like when I was an early, you know, from when I was a little kid. And most of my family was still here. They were in New York. They were either in, in New York or Los Angeles. Um, but all like the old, all the old Jews were in New York, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Are we talking um, the 90s, mid 90s, early 90s? 80s, 90s. 80s 90s? And they were all up in, you know, they were all living in the Bronx in like, uh, you know, the, their different labor union subsidized yep. uh, apartment buildings. Um, and when I'd go visit New York, I was just awestruck. And, you know, I'd go to like, I'd go to like Fat Beats. And I was really excited to go there. Cause, and not to say, that, you know, Fat Beats LA is really great. And there's a record store called The Basement that I used to go to in the Valley. It was fantastic. Um, but, you know, New York had this, this, this special quality because mm-hmm. it's everything. It's, it's the intersection of everything from all over the world. And I came here and it was already, uh, you know, uh, after a, a great deal of change had happened where cultural spaces were just being cannibalized. And I couldn't actually, you know, physically, you know, be part of, of my own musical culture. Mm-hmm. There's no one there to be part of it. You know, yeah. there's that beats the record store and that's it. And there was a few, there were a few hip hop saturated venues that just closed right down shortly after I got to New York. I hope the two aren't related at all, but I guess in, you know, in some, in some real uh, indirect way it is because, you know, I come from, I'm part of the general, I'm part of the millennial generation that uh, really displaced a lot of the things about New York that drew that generation here in the first place. Yeah. So that's frustrating. Uh, because I mean, I could do whatever, whatever I want to try to like, not be a displacer or a gentrifier, but just by existing in a city, you have an effect on it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that goes back to what you were saying before about just sort of like owning the moment and, yeah. and you know, yeah. not trying to like push it away or act like it, there's something else about it. And like one of the, you know, the, the best phrases you just said was cultural cannib- cannibalization, yeah. which I think is probably a great way to define, you know, almost like our current state in the music industry. And, you know, we've all been talking like lately about the way music is in Brooklyn and the way it is like right now in this part of Brooklyn and Williamsburg and how it's just sort of feeding this, this bigger machine. And I feel like a lot of that sort of, you know, happened like inorganically and organically to an extent. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's the thing, you know, you have, you know, uh, companies that, you know, like uh, a company like Indie Music yeah. that exists for music purposes that that do try to put on events, provide spaces for artists. Mm-hmm. And you also have, you know, in New York Thanks especially... Thanks for that plug, by the way. No problem, no problem. No, no, it's, you got, <laughs> on you know, Twitter, at Indie Music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and, and you guys play in, uh, a vital role for a lot of musicians online and offline. And so, you know, if, if you're an artist who's looking for a home and a partner, please, Indie Music. Uh, awesome. So... Uh, I mean that genuinely. I don't, I don't plug things I don't actually believe in. Thank so, you, thank you. Thank um, you. 
but you know they're also because it's New York it's you got a lot of like corporate sponsored events and spaces and they can be really awesome they can be fantastic yeah. they'd be yeah. amazing but you you never know how long they're going to exist and they're going to be predicated on you know sometimes you know just definitely the music is a factor but also sort of whether their brand can you know be sold through that music right and that's right. that's a val you know it's a valid exchange you right. know it's, it's, it's completely valid that makes sense and heck it's not new you know yeah. i mean com you know uh company sponsored tours and that's been that's not a new thing company sponsor uh event spaces that's that's how it was and how it is but now it's like a very new thing because in lieu of of the the massive label budgets and everything you know you have these companies that you know, it, it, it doesn't matter how many CDs are sold. People are still going to drink Sprite. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's something that, you know, that's a, that's a, a, a cash flow that, you know, luckily there's their advertising budget could be so big. They're like, well, we could just take a few percentages off of that. And we could just, we could build a, a, a really cool DJ school or Pepsi something like that. Yeah. You can do whatever. <laughs> yeah. You can do whatever. And that's, and that's cool. It just, you got to hope that, there's a space for 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 the the uglies and the normals, you know, right. like myself. Well, we gotta we gotta we can't, you know, I can't, I, you know, there there are only so many things I could feasibly sell. Uh, and, well, I mean, I, I think a lot of, especially in New York, a lot of these, a lot of the brands that are working with artists these days, they really understand that they need to stay as much out of the way as humanly possible because yeah. they are a threat to the authenticity of the art. So, but you have. Uh, companies like Red Bull that does Red Bull Academy, yeah. you've got mm -hmm. Converse Rubber Tracks that it's giving studio time to artists in. in and shout Brooklyn. out to Rubber Tracks. They, shout out to Rubber Tracks. Out, yes, so. indeed. Uh, yeah. So I, mean, I think I think it's one of the it's one of those things where we're still finding that balance. Oh yeah. In, in yeah. music, and I think it varies from artist to artist. It varies from brand to brand because you know Sprite throwing you fifty thousand dollars to do a video series, you know doesn't mean much to them but that would make your year a lot nicer and yo yeah and and i see that i see the the sprite bottle every time on the bet cipher i'm like all right cool that's a cool plate yes yeah. i know you keep talking about sprite but it's you know growing up i always see the sprite uh rap commercials because they first had they had the one that were like uh the kung fu ones that were really yep. cool and yep. they had the voltron ones which were amazing the voltron ones are my favorite um, well, Voltron is the shit. Yeah, and I think they had like Fat Joe in like a baby blue like Voltron pilot uniform or something like that. It was ludicrous. Yeah, it was great. I Man. mean, you, you brought up ciphers, so let's talk a little bit yeah. about um, another partner of ours, Team Backpack. You just dropped an incredible they, cipher with uh, two of your boys from Brown Bag All Stars. Oh, one, just one, J fifty seven. Rugs, Rugs. That gentleman is a is a, another dope MC. Yeah. Uh, so that was right here in New York. Yes, yeah. it was at YouTube. Oh, uh, yeah, in the CBGB pretty, space, right? Yes, yeah, and that was really cool. Um, well, I like that real, YouTube Real quick, for people that don't oh. know what's going on with oh. that, YouTube has a recording studio in New York, uh, in Chelsea, where they have taken a piece of CBGB stage from CBGB's yeah. RIP, uh, <laughs> and they have it set up for artists to come in and film whatever, so... Uh, our partner team Backpack went in there and brought in uh, Soulcon, J57, a bunch of other MCs to do ciphers. All of that is on their YouTube channel. Check it out. Um, and yeah, tell us a little bit about how you got involved with that. And yeah. Um, that experience. So I was approached by, or did I approach Armani? them? I forgot. I can't, yeah, I can't remember. Oh, golly. Uh, what was the, 
because I don't want to miscast the chain of events. Um, <laughs> well, I, I not know that, that there's any ego between the two parties. Sure. You know? um, I know they've been but, into your stuff for a while because, you know, they, like, we, we always talk about like rappers that we have in our network in Brooklyn and yeah. they're like, oh, we want to get with SoulCon at some point. And so. they're also from, they're, they're uh, so because they, you know, they're very Bay and, and California yep, oriented. Sure. Uh, they've have a long history with some of my old colleagues from the, the battle rap world. Um, the ones who are really good rappers, not battling. Um, <laughs> so if you ever if you ever want to see some of the best team backpack verses, you should look the ones up with uh, Immaculate. They're actually incredible. Awesome. Um, but yeah, so they we we uh, talked online, uh, and I believe Twitter was the medium, and then it shifted to to email, and we were off, and uh, we we converged at YouTube Studios. Uh, the CBGB's uh, studio, and it was it was pretty awesome. I was so nervous though because <laughs> I I just had no idea what it was gonna feel like to do like a one take recording of something like that long anymore. Because it's like that's it's felt like a like like the battle rap days because that was a lot of memorization. You did one take. Yeah. That's that's amazing. I ref- yeah, cuz yeah. I was like they 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 you know, they said, "Oh, if you know, if it's really bad, we can redo." I was like, "We're not redoing this. Like this right. is yeah. I I'm not going to be the retake guy in front even just in front of the people who were there, the rappers and their friends and their their, you know, representation. Like I just didn't you know, and, and for them, even for, for the mm-hmm. for the team backpack crew, like they you know, they they went across the country to do this and right. spent time and energy and you know, you could tell it's, it's, they're not doing it for anything, you know, the, the, the basis of it is just a love for hip hop. That's, mm-hmm. that's what start, you know, and just wanting to have a, a, a you know, a great, um, sort of a, a, an environment for, for artists, you know, trying to just distinguish themselves Yeah. because that's hard to do. That's really hard. And I think that's taken for granted. Um, and you can tell how hard it is to distinguish yourself as an artist if you if you spend like a minute on Twitter looking up the phrase "check out my mixtape." If you search, <laughs> I wouldn't check dare. out my mixtape. You or something along those lines, like "Hey man, check out this." Th-. If you like, try to look for those various f- phrases. That's a you'll fun see idea. a sea. Yeah, you'll see a sea of like desperate promotion. People have no idea how to do it. You know, mm. you, that's, it, it's that syndrome of the, the, the really desperate rapper responding to everybody you're talking to on Twitter mm-hmm. with a mixtape link or a, or a SoundCloud link. That's, and I, it, in one way, you know, I think like, oh, don't you know, stupid, this is spam and no one likes it and it's annoying. <laughs> then I think, well, if you're not surrounded by people who are like very social media savvy and if you live just in a place where you have nowhere to no one to talk to to counsel you you have no clue so i can't i used to be very like you know as of like a year ago i was such a uh you know like vengeful anti-spam you know crusader <laughs> and just like it was like you know, this is the wrong way to do it you're doing yourself a disservice blah, blah, blah. And you know what to say hey I can't listen. I, I just can't listen to your mixtape because I, it's a precedent that you can't set because then you're sitting there listening to, listening to everyone's mixtape. Yeah. And that's also not an efficient way for anyone who's looking for good music to spend their time. Right. And it never has been and it never will be, you know, just because <laughs> the Internet has multiplied the field too, too widely and you can't consume all that in, right. a, in a discerning way. Um, 
but yeah, so like some like team, going back to the original, you know, team backpack is one of those mediums where you can, you know, just it's distilled down to how well you rap, and that's it. For sure. And people can see what you look like, how you sound, how you present yourself, and that's that's all you can really ask for. And and um, it's fan oriented. That's something I really like. It's very listener oriented. And I'm sure there's some people, you know, who are you know, among the, and I know there, there are like rappers who will watch it, you know, just for entertainment. I know yeah. there are industry people who watch it, but it's very fan oriented and it's, a, it has a fan community that they engage a lot. And I like that too. Um, the sort of the norms and, and mores of YouTube discourse are sometimes a little weird to me. And I, as I learned I, I more about no that, I had no idea there was any kind of rules whatsoever. Are there, well, fewer rules. Yeah, 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 yeah. No rule. Yeah, no rules. Many conventions. Uh, there and there go. are a lot of there are a lot of uh, a lot of memes in in YouTube discourse that just d- baffle me. Like, I appreciate it, and and you know. Someone wrote, I mean, it was flattering. Someone wrote on, on, the, on the comments of the Team Backpack Cypher, uh, only here for SoulCon, or only came here because it said SoulCon. It's like, <laughs> I appreciate that sentiment. I promise you there are ways to show your appreciation that do not defecate on everybody else involved. They, it's, it's okay to have like, uh, you know, we're, it's not mutually exclusive to say I'm good and the other people who were there were good. Or even if you didn't like them, don't say it. Just say, man, I like SoulCon. Cool. There yeah, we go. Sure. Well, I think, I think a, a, maybe, I don't know. The, I'm going to leap to conclusions now because we're having a <laughs> podcast. But I mean, you have a lot of your battle rap videos have millions of views on them. Like, there's fans out there that are going to yeah. wave the SoulCon flag no matter where you, where you land. And, you know, yeah. that's a, that's a, it's kind of a mixed bag because you are – you know, standing next to these other MCs are, you know, worthy of respect and very talented individuals. And you, you, one of and them was the best man at my wedding. So like, it's not like I'm trying to yeah. see him, you know, thrown under the bus or, or diminished in and any way possible. I don't think he possible. was either. So, I thought, yeah, I thought he was that fantastic. Yeah, was great. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Everyone had a great verse. And actually, can we touch on the, um, the battle raps a little bit? Yes. And would yes. we even say that like, you know, is that, that's how you got your start? Or is that, is that a different way to put it? Or is that just like part of what, you know, the, the, the process was for you to get where you are now. It was a, uh, a naive yet moderately productive way to jumpstart by name recognition. I'd say very productive. <laughs> and yeah. The name recognition was very productive. Yeah. Just name recognition, just in the sense that I can go to any state in America and I could probably have someone stop me and say, Hey, it's Olcon. That's cool. That's neat stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, unproductive part hey man where are you gonna jump back in the battle ring you know that's that's the tough part because that, that's that's a never-ending cycle if you indulge it and i okay, say i'm right. not until further notice so sorry music time music time music time as it has been that's the crazy thing like it's been four years almost five and that's that that's the thing because there's no there's no timeline or context on youtube right but there is people don't look for it that's the thing. There, there is a timeline. There is a context. No one is actually looking at it. Um, and that's not really YouTube's fault, to be, you know, to be fair. That's not YouTube's fault. They put when it was uploaded. Yeah. But if you look at the last battle I did, it was a while ago. And if people actually stopped and looked at it, they'd say they'd, they'd feel less uh, 
excited about the prospect of an impending battle return because they realize it's such right. a distant possibility. Yeah. So much time has passed, but they don't. And they, people hit me up like, hey, man, I just watched your blah, blah, blah versus blah, blah, blah. It was crazy. Man, you really killed that guy. And it's like, you know, back when I was doing that, I was like living in a apartment by myself, eating beans every day out of a can and like being miserable. Like that wasn't like a phase of my life that I'm like, not the glory days. You know, <laughs> I was like a kid. I was really a kid. I was, I, I used to say dumb stuff. I, even though I didn't mean it, I was like, uh, not considerate of the, the impact of my words, um, in battling and sometimes in music. Um, and I just, you know, I hadn't grown up yet. I was a, I was a, uh, intellectual and emotional late bloomer. So I, I may have talked a really good game, but you're basically looking at a, a man child. Uh, right. Well, I mean, that, that's, that's the whole point of it. It's like you, you, you rap battle. It's kind of like, I mean, you know, and, and this may be an extended metaphor, but, um, you know, you, you battle to get better at it. It's sort of like jamming with your band. You get better at it, then you move on. Like, cause that, that's how, uh, the, dude you're battling with or the girl you're battling with, that's how you become better MCs. It's not that you want to like, oh, I want to duke this person. It's that you both want to learn how to, you know, become better rappers and then you move on from that yeah. and then you learn from that and then you go to the next I, thing. That's how it was when I was a youngin, when I was really young. And then when I, like that's the, that's the thing that's tough because I and a few other people were part of a, a battle rap revival that assured that it would not help us in music at all. That's the thing. We like built this thing. And I, I used to not like credit myself with that, but like I did 20 battles in two years. Wow. Like people didn't long do battles that. Too. Yeah. People didn't do that back then. Well, they're, they're sure, you know, they're, they're on the shorter end compared to now, but okay. like that was four times as much as what anyone else was doing then. And like, it was me and a few other people who are like providing free battle entertainment to people every couple months for no money too, no money. So like, that's the thing people be like, Whoa, did you make all this money from that? It's like, nah, <laughs> no. And even if I did the, the work versus money ratio is dumb is stupid. If anyone ever wanted to say you should have a career in battle rap, you need to have a career in not giving people advice. <laughs> that's what, cause it's, it's not unless you want to live in squalor or you, uh, or a very modest, you know, life, uh, and be angry all the time. Yeah, right. You know, falsely and and pretend to be mad at people. No, it's not a career. It's not. And heck, even making the events happen is barely a career. It's tough. It's that's that's usually it's like a side thing for the people involved. So so it seems like you you put that behind you, you know, pretty quickly, and then. Um, you know, semi recently, but there, there was a, uh, you know, sort of transition into not doing that anymore. Yeah. And then, uh, so, so now you have new record coming out yes. uh, later this summer. Yeah. Um, Solcon has a bunch of EPs, um, up on his website, uh, solcon.com. Everyone should check it out. Uh, but the new record coming out later this year, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's going to be, uh, you know, the, the best attempt I, I can make at, um, I guess you could say trying to stay ahead of the curve uh, sonically, but without being a weirdo. Uh, <laughs> okay, you need to I love, on that. Yeah, yeah. To talk about I that. Yeah, yeah, no. Because I love, you on I love, I love, you know, uh, 
conventional music. I mm-hmm. love bizarre music. Uh, I love the the area between the two and the overlap, um, and in all genres. Um, but I don't, I don't like to listen to something of mine and think uh, this this will leave too many people who are my early fans in a lurch. Um, and that's not to say that artists should be chained to past expectations forever. Well, is but, that, I mean, is that you know, production? Is that cadence? Every, is that it's lyrics? everything. Is it's that it's every, every aspect. Yeah. The beats that I picked for the album from J57 are all ones that even at their most, uh, left field are still hip hop beats. Right. And there, there's a grit to all of them. They all are for the most part, uh, you know, you know, uh, based on what you'd think of as like hip hop drums, mm-hmm. you know, you wouldn't be like, oh, that's just a, a house song masquerading, you know, in, in rap clothes. It's, right. it's, you know, very much. Which is a very rap identifiable, album. a house song masquerading in rap clothes. Yeah. That's, I mean, you can hear, you really. can hear them say, yeah. And like, that's the, and that, that's not like invalid. And there are no. ways to that's very artfully and not in like a cheesy way, but, and, uh, they're, they're actually, you know, there's just one song on the album that actually is very, like, up-tempo, upbeat, hopefully without coming off as corny. But if it's, if it's corny to some people, people, I guess it's inescapable if you do anything positive. Um, but a lot of the album is just very uh, contemplative and brooding. But I don't think that's a problem anymore. I think that used to be, I think until very recently, mm-hmm. you could get away with, like... A, only a few wavelengths emotionally in rap and expect to do big, yeah. big things. Right. You could, you might have a, a fan base and like a comfortable, uh, niche for yourself if, if you went off the rails. But, um, you know, right now there's a lot of sad bastard rap. They're all over the place. Don't, and, don't uh, knock Drake on purpose. Right? No, I love, and that's thing I love, <laughs> and that's something I really enjoy. And I think that's important to have that. Right. Especially for men. I think there needs to be a, a, you know, a space carved out where vulnerability is, is, uh, articulated rather than avoided or, or, or derided. Yes. That's something right. that, you know, cause the, cause music is, part of culture and yeah. culture informs values the behavior condition. yeah and, to, and it says like it's feel. okay to like that it's not a music that you know basically said man up and all the music i listen to or i listen to plenty of music that was very you know uh emotionally yeah. rounded but you know, it's, it's, there has to be a broader continuum and not just in like independent hip hop or just in like, you know, underground hip hop or just, you know, it has to be every single level. Otherwise we don't mature as human beings. Right. If we just don't, we don't, we don't, or we don't mature out in the open. Um, And it's also an album that really actually reflects my values and there's nothing I've so far I've, I've like, fine tooth combed it and I don't think there's anything to be like I'll regret saying that later or <laughs> this is not something a grown up would say with well I mean well, whatever that is but like yeah I, I don't like provoking just for the sake or, yeah right. I just I don't I just don't like I don't like shock value or provocation for the sake of provocation in any in any case in any sense uh, it has to serve a purpose I don't I don't 
like kicking people when they're down uh, unless they spent their whole life kicking people yeah you know i that's there's there's too much uh uh degradation and alienation in in bullying just everything everything just like in life it just you know and i don't like that it's 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 tiring to see other people just like uh exhausted by it Mm -hmm. you know you just look around you go every time you know I, i look at twitter a lot and I think my wife thinks that I just do it for just like, you know, laughs and, and music stuff. And I, I do a lot of that and like for, for news and stuff like that. But I sometimes use it as a sort of like up to the minute barometer of what people are like right. in a cultural moment, in a, in, a, in a span of time. And sometimes it's a narrow span of time. Sometimes um, and you learn two things. One stuff is like flying at them by the second and they like whether it's the music you make or the the tv shows they watch or you know viral video whatever anything or political mm-hmm. events things fly at them at like light speed and they are like reacting in public and so we don't know what they're you know and 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 i don't it often looks like they're reacting as like a performance to like hide how they actually feel about these events of the world around them uh-huh. and i don't know i just want to make music that makes people feel comfortable and reassured that it's going to be cool and I, I think that comes off and that's that's actually one of my favorite things about uh your music specifically is that like the well, i feel like you. audiences are very um they're in tune with whether or not someone is just doing it because it's like this will work and this will be awesome and i'm going to say this and then it'll sell this many. So like your records are always genuine. They're from a specific place where you could you could uh, keep your audience in tune and put out a record like Speeding Bullets with a hilarious yeah. video and it doesn't take itself too seriously. And then you can do Iron Galaxy or more serious stuff. And it's like, this is SoulCon, I know SoulCon and, and, and it makes sense to your audience and it gets new fans in there as well, where they can discover someone that has a, you know, an, an actual voice that's not just sitting there and being like, I'm going to drop this beat or I'm going to say something that's crazy or I'm going to call out this person on a track even though I don't know them or I don't know anything about them or anything like that, you know? I may call out people in the future, but it'll be for a good reason. It's for a reason, it's exactly. For a reason. <laughs> well, that's what I'm going to say. It's never going to be for publicity. Ever. Well, I, because, Ever. I mean, just, I mean, you're talking about how, how you're using Twitter, and, and of course we follow you on Twitter, and we, we see what you're talking Thank about. You. And I think that there's a, there's a level of authenticity there that is worthy of people's attention. And I think that you bring that to your music, not just, you know, obviously on the, on the albums and the, the music that Arshan was talking about, but even, you know, the, the team backpack cypher that we were talking about earlier, there was, you know, a uh, genuine angst. I don't know if it was just the punk rock seeped into CBGB's walls or anything <laughs> like that, but there's, a, there's a real I was about to lose my mind. Yo, I was, that was after a period of, I was legit about to lose my mind with the, everything. I like, I had like a nervous breakdown basically after the Michael Brown uh, outcome and double that after Eric Garner and like, I just didn't know what to do anymore. And it was, it'd be one thing if you're like, oh man, the system's messed up, but at least people will be on your side and on the side of justice or like humanity. And then I go on and I see like 
fans of mine who are like not down with that and that's a that was really upsetting that was trouble that that made me think like oh what an uphill battle is to not make the world to make the world like not horrible that's like that was so discouraging and so if i looked like haggard someone said on, on the, the team backpack videos like oh Solcon Solcon looks shook and it's like i wasn't shook i was like i basically was like scrambling to be a, a functioning human being in the in the months and weeks leading up to that well, it, it felt was... like an adrenaline-fueled performance. Thank Just you. Like, Thank you. I... And, and I don't mean that it, it was it was frantic, but it seemed urgent. Maybe that's good, the right good. way to put it. I, I mean, it's, it's also a hard thing when you sort of feel like um, things happen that are supposed to happen in a certain way, and then you almost have no control. It's like society is supposed to go from A to B, and then right after that should be C. And then if it makes sense, then it makes sense. But there was a point in time where if, if you're watching society or if you care about society or if it's something that you've cared about for a long time, that it just doesn't make sense. And then yeah. how do you marry those two things and then you know just put out more of your product without even like thinking about that? So that's... I get caught up in it. Yeah. I do, yeah. and my, my manager Byron's in the room, and I, I, I feel his pain at seeing me like, clearly like publicly melt down on the internet, when while you know an album's not finished, and it the sort of the, you know, and that's part of my need to develop as a person and and how to like, deal with the world. But sometimes if I don't just get it out there, I will, I'll just explode. Like I'll just scream i think i I don't know what else to do i think that like you know the saving grace there in that you you're you put too much pressure on yourself to have to be like you know i have to know what to do in this situation i think a lot of people didn't know what to do so i think it's okay to be like you know to have that breakdown i think that breakdown is is important and i think it's what makes everyone that's trying to deal with that you know the next person or the, the better person after that, especially I if hope, you can deal with it in a rational way, which I, I feel I like hope, you did. I hope I, it's, it's tough. It, I think it's, yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it is a, it may be unreasonable to expect anyone to, uh, grapple with, uh, gross injustice mm-hmm. and, and things that don't make sense like that. Um, I mean, forget about me, you know, anyone who's at, you know, like I'm not subjected to police misconduct, ever i i'm a i'm a angry outside agitator a witness to it and that's that's not really that bad you know like i'm fine in terms of the quality of life i i'm at the the top of the pyramid there and that's like that's frustrating it's not disempowering that's the thing like that i don't want to like make that note you know there's nothing about my situation that's disempowering i have as much power as one could want in america just by being born mm-hmm. sure and that I'm cognizant of that all the time. And, but it's, I don't know how to do anything with it that's productive on the micro or macro scale that's not just swatted down mm-hmm. or that's not just like invalidated by something else much larger. Music is the best way I've been able to get it across. That's the best thing so far um, because people can uh, get solace from it or can be inspired by it. For sure. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah and but that's, that's that. So, so that's the other side of it. Like, <laughs> it's like, I spend this time like venting on the internet and like, and, and being overwhelmed by things and not being able to, to, to write. But then if I do write and get something out there, 
it actually probably it serves in the long term more people because obviously like Twitter and Facebook are big echo chambers of opinions and and feelings. But I don't know. I I after lately I've I've I realized there's this weird um, I don't know what to call it. I guess maybe like um, I don't know what you call it. Like hip hop. Uh, Hip hop conservatives. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you call it that exactly, <laughs> or like, I don't know. It's just you get kind of like this weird, like the the people who are attracted to rap, often men who are attracted, like white men attracted to rap because it was tough or because it was provocative mm-hmm. um, or subversive, but they didn't get the whole, you know, racial dimension of it. Right. You know, that's like it, it's sort of like if someone like listen you know, to jazz and tried to separate it from black history. And, but now we're actually in a media saturated age where you can see every angle of that yep. attempt to separate, you know, race from music. And so that when like issues of politics and society come up that are racially charged, these dudes who often, you know, they listen to me cause they're like, he raps really good. And he listen, he looks like me. Uh, <laughs> they might not be on the right team uh, yeah. when, when, you know, when, the, when everything hits the fan. And that's tough because I don't know how to communicate to them like, yo, you don't know what you signed up for. You may not actually know why this is something that you're, this thing that you listen to, you may not know what created it or what led to it. You should probably do that. You should probably learn it. Well, but by that time, they don't, I'm not, they're not going to be like, you know, they're not, they're not going to go back often and listen to Public Enemy, It Takes a Nation. You know, they, uh, you know they're not going to listen to X-Clan. They're not going to listen to, uh, uh, by, you know, by all means necessary. They're not going to listen to these things mm-hmm. because they, are, they sidestepped it deliberately. Right, right. Well, you know? I, at the same time, I, I feel like you touched on a good point earlier, saying, you know, there's this media saturation, there's... You know, people get to see things from all these angles. And I think that, I mean, obviously as an outsider of the hip-hop community, but someone who loves the music, I see a lot of mainstream artists that are really um, shining a light on a lot of the political issues and a lot of those things in a way that hasn't been done in a really long time. I mean, uh, you know, Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole are both putting out really great records that are trying to be, I, I don't know if conscious is the right word, but it's, it's definitely out there. They're putting issues of the, the hip hop community in, in front of people in a way that hasn't been done in a really long time. I mean, do you see hip hop changing directions in a certain way? That yeah. Yeah. Is- no, it's a great time. I'm not, I stopped being like a hip hop cynic years ago because it doesn't one, It doesn't help. Um, and by years, I mean multiple years, not like set many, many years ago, but, uh, <laughs> I multiple, not multiple. Many. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple, not many. Um, <laughs> That's that's something that that is heartening to to know that you know uh, music that's being made right now um, has kind of like an an even chance to be mindless and decadent mm-hmm. or even perhaps uh, you know, and even at that's the same great. time and they can but yeah exactly exactly that and they, and they exist on the same continuum that that's not they can coexist and they can overlap and it's fine and i don't you don't have to throw away the good just because the bad exists you can you can engage and say like well that's really good 
this isn't so good. Let's talk about why it's not so good. That's, that's something that I think I wish more music fans did. People are tripping off of like, ah, you know, this is amazing. This sucks. You overrated this thing that you think is amazing. You underrated this thing that you think sucks. Like, right. And just people you sound like my Twitter feed right now. Right. And <laughs> it's like, and, and that's the problem with, that's the complication of social media because everyone's, it's competing to express their opinion the loudest and best and earliest. And that doesn't help as no, there's no, you don't, you don't get the chance to actually contemplate anything. Right. Cause everyone, everyone is constantly criticizing yeah. stuff and, and is getting ready to like, to knock it oh, down. Album reviews suck now because of it. They're <laughs> yeah. horrible. Not because they, you the, the album comes out and everyone has it the exact same mm-hmm. time. Back, they already had it before you did potentially in the, if you're in the music press and you were trying to acquire it legitimately sure. and then you're like alright you're going to listen to the album once maybe twice then write about it my favorite thing is when Ugh. people like they try to act like they liked it before you liked yeah. it so you liking it after they like it doesn't make it make sense Since, yeah right it's, and that's what did you win you won <laughs> not like there's no I think yeah that's the thing like, you get, there, there are a lot of non-existent measures of merit that people use mm-hmm. and really believe in and there's completely imaginary and arbitrary and it, it things like that like being the first one who enjoyed something yeah you didn't make it but I think it makes people feel like they made it that's the thing I think it, it makes you feel like you were part of its success and you're but you're not unfortunately well like it, I mean you're, you're one tiny tiny percent of the success <laughs> Very t- not to not fans are all very important. Listeners are very important in isolation and in aggregate. But it is there is a vanity and an irresponsibility in assigning yourself as a fan. And I say this as a fan of many artists. The the credit of propelling an artist to where they are because what about the art that you enjoyed? Yeah, right. They did it for that. Without that, you would just be sitting at home like poking each other with sticks. Well, that, that, that sort of speaks to what, so like, you know, one of the, our badges of honor is that when we discovered, um, well, we don't want to say we discovered SoulCon, but our, our first foray into your music was through Abaraki, the karate video. Uh, and that was really early on. And, you know, we sort of wear that as like, you know, we're, we're into this and it was great. It was incredible it's one of our favorite videos we're actually just like jamming out Thank to it earlier today well, so no, it's, are there it's kind of funny because the story goes a little bit deeper than that because we <laughs> were i think a company for maybe three months when we held a music video contest for cmj in association with the delhi oh, magazine yeah. and that music video got submitted and um you know me not being a, a close follower of the battle rap scene i saw that and it was it was just blown away i mean Awesome. Uh, because the video is awesome. hilarious and fun, and then then, yeah. you, then you pop in and, and do your verse, and it's like, who the fuck is this that's, guy? What's going thank, on? Uh, wow, that I didn't know. And now we've lusted after you ever wow, since, thank, so I apologize well, for that. Do you and Aki have any more collaborations in the near future? Maybe say yes. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he's, he's on my album. Yeah, no, he's on the next album, and he's on, yeah, he's doing a bunch of stuff. You know, um, Aki is one of my best friends from college. I've known him for. Uh, wow, over <laughs> you don't 10 have years. To say how I know long him over you were in 10 college. years. Oh, no, yes, I know, him, I know him for over, oh, I knew him. I graduated in 2007, so I have no problem. You know, age, I, I got over the age thing uh, this year. 
<laughs> this past year, I think when I turned 29, I was like, I don't care anymore. I'm 32. No one, I'm still not no, over yeah. it. No, I'm still no, fighting it it's every a, day. You'd be happy I'm to 26. be alive. It's all that matters. Yeah. It's, it just, you know, I, I, I had a mantra uh, when I hit, when I got out of my mid-20s, like when mid-20s was just ending. And it was partially inspired by J57, a brown bag. And it's two chains blew up at the age of 37. And like, that is like pretty amazing. Not that his music career started then, but, and that's not to say like, whoa, that old asshole. Like, not like that. Like, no. it just. But I mean, you could just, say the same thing for Run the Jewels. They're yeah. like 39, I think. Yeah. And, and that's, Killer, which is ancient in Killer, hip hop years. Killer Mike had, did he have a Grammy, I guess, by like two Grammys by like. Two Grammys, yeah. yeah. In, his, in his 20s, but like he, in his late 20s, but an LP was like killing independent hip hop well, as I mean, we knew Def, it. Yeah, Def in, Jux in Records. Def Jux, and... Yeah, and he like made, he made a, a, a really important pillar of, of, of hip hop at the time uh, at, a, at a younger age even. But yeah, I know like they're right now this like this, this ill uh, run of, of Run the Jewels. I, that was not a pun intended because it was a terrible pun <laughs> if it was. Ill run of um, the jewels. <laughs> uh, like this, this like, they're on a hot streak right now and that's, and, but they're two like very adult Right, people, yeah. and that's that's useful to see because it shows that there's longevity in hip hop, and it we're getting over this sort of like, oh, well, if they don't look cool in young people clothes, <laughs> then throw them into the sarlacc pit. Like, right, well, if you're not if you're not famous, like, you're not successful. Like well, that's no, not I think even that's another one. It's but like hip hop, yeah, hip hop's been battling that for so long, though. I mean, yeah. hip hop as a genre has existed for decades, and you'll never see a. Uh, like an oldies hip hop radio format, you'll never see. I think we're gonna get there. I, I do there. too. I, I think I we will. So excited to get there. I think uh, K Day in LA is a, has a shot at becoming that and evolving into that because it already does a lot of stuff that's older um, and doesn't seem to like dwell and linger in the well, what's hot right now, what's new right now. Um, but yeah. like the you know as as far as as yeah like. Even you look at it, it's, and it's weird because you look at old school hip hop, they didn't look that young back then. Maybe that's just because everyone looked older if you look at old videos. But like everybody in, you know, you know, Flash and the Furious Five, they all look like they were like 30 and up. Yeah. All, and they weren't. Like they were, they were in the, you know, and maybe some were, you know, maybe some were up more advanced in years. I just saw Africa Bambada's DJing like tomorrow, I think, in Brooklyn. And it's like what? He's a, he's a man of many years. <laughs> yeah. So he like, and and he's Emma Grant. He's like a founding figure. But mm-hmm. like, that's I I like it when I see an artist who really comes up or like really has their their breakthrough moment when they're in their mid thirties or later. Not just for my own reassurance, but because it's it's a good sign because every other genre gets that in mm-hmm. what it and. Why can't hip hop? That's that was something like that. That that's something that like, I think is an important indicator that I used to take for granted how old the 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 field is. Yeah. Of of, of musicians and old or new, you know, if if they, if you can't have, grown ups blowing up, then your music isn't grown up. I yet. mean, because I mean, hip hop's relatively new in the compared to other genres. Like, I mean, it's it's now, you know. Uh, 40 years old, but it's, it's, that's still, you know, rock. Yeah, exactly. Things go. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's it's also like an unfair um, almost scale to put it on. It's like and well, I mean, it there definitely is the younger audience, but I mean, every genre has that. So yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Um, yeah, so uh, we're here with Soulcon in the bar, just talking about music, talking yes. about hip hop. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, you know what goes into uh, you know we talked a little bit about your songwriting process and one of the things that I wanted to bring up, and you know this is sort of like one of one, one of my favorite things about your music is that every now and then sprinkled in your lyrics, there's a really great nerdy reference that I oh, that boy. I that I personally just uh. take like. Oh, was that a little was that a little Star Trek reference there at the beginning, or was that did he just say something about yep. Boba Fett? Or um, so can we talk a little bit about like you know there are certain things that make us all the subculture, and I feel like being a nerd now is the coolest thing. Yes, and it's like, even, like I've been a nerd it. forever, and it's like where have you all been? It's you like know? It doesn't even, Thanks a lot, like, Chris Hardwick. Right, right, <laughs> and it's but it's like nerdiness doesn't even exist because everyone's into it, which is weird. That's that's the thing. Like, what is the point of like? For those of us like you or me who like grew up yeah. with those social structures and stereotypes, like those are the nerds and those are the jocks and those are blah. And even when we were growing up with it, it was like, this is still corny. Like this is like, as of the 90s, that was really stupid because yeah. it was really dumb. I guess it's okay in the 80s because that's when like it was the, you know, Revenge of the Nerds was out in theaters. Like that was like a yeah. funny thing. But I didn't tell any of my friends that I watched Star Trek The Next Generation, but now I have a Star Trek Enterprise tattoo. That's amazing. On my arm. That's amazing. And like growing up, know. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't play the alto sax. I, I just play baseball. But then now it's the coolest Yo, thing Isn't ever. that crazy that, the, that music was – and I remember that. Because the like, nerdy instrument. You, you're, yeah. in the, you're in band class, and it's like – yeah, they're playing instruments. Yeah. You listen to music at home. What right? are you so? What are you making fun of them for? Look, like, nerds, they can know, read sheet music. That, yeah, Check this I guy didn't out. get that at all. That was one of those things in high school and middle school. I was like, it blew me away. And I was like, I actually had to ask someone, like, wait, because I was, you know, like, I was like this like gangly kid with giant glasses and braces, but like, you know, very like socially accepted, mm -hmm. luckily, you know. And that and and rapping helped that too later on. But just I actually had to ask, like, what's wrong with being in band? Yeah. I wish I had made that choice earlier, because once you don't make that choice, I always felt like I was one of those kids like, I want to be in the band. No, you had to start when you were not, like nine. You can't do this anymore. Like it was they were they were very like strict and. Yeah, it was, I, was, I was discouraged from being in music class because I, I didn't hop on the train early enough. But, yeah. so, but I could tell, like, there are these weird, stupid, made-up things that people have and hang-ups they have. Like, you're a nerd because you play uh, the trumpet. You're a nerd because uh, you have a genetic vision impairment, so therefore you have to wear things on your face. You're a nerd. <laughs> Tell that to Jordy LaForge, ladies and yo, gentlemen. Right? He's amazing. The oh, chief dude. engineer of the Enterprise. And once you grow up, and that's the thing that's frustrating. You grow up and you realize all these things are dumb as hell. Like, LeVar Burton was like, uh, uh, he inspired a generation to, to mm -hmm. love books. Shout that's out to Reading Rainbow. Shout out so to Reading Rainbow. incredible. <laughs> that's amazing. If you think about that, to, like, to, to make children's lives more cultivated and mm -hmm. happy. If, and if you can't appreciate that, you're like a you're a pretty like you're a rotten person. It's, 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 a horrible, it's messed up. Horrible, you need dark, to work on yourself. In your soul. Yeah, and and you grow up and you think about how incredible some of the stuff is that people did. Who, people who were considered nerds, 
But yet so many of us who, who make that realization, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, this is really good. But I'm still going to reinforce these things. You know, like, I don't want my kid to be looked at as a nerd. Yeah. It's like, tell your kid to just be a, a, your kid. Just do that. <laughs> like, why don't you just stop thinking of these stupid... Because these things give our, our lives contours and shapes and meaning. And we can't... We don't know how to just make up our own shit. That's the thing. That's, and I, I don't know, know how to make up my whole own world. It's difficult. It's yeah. easier to let the world make it up for you. But being a nerd in in some terms or a geek like like being into stuff that's what that is. that's what's really weird about it. it's being into some stuff yeah and it's stuff that <laughs> and you know what's crazy about that i knew it was in my school there were there were there were two types of kids who were into comic books me N- yeah you and it was uh, like the quote unquote but it was it was it was uh, that was like a divide it was like nerds or like the kids who comic books they get comic books they they cost way less than books yeah and they're cool and they're fun escape you know you're talking about like a class divide too like all the rappers i listen to you know grew up in the hood reading comic books and i was like well, I read comic books too, and it like was weird. Gas, you say like, it like that? Pro- yeah, I did. That's, that's my voice. I'm sorry, that was no, a little no, bit no. of bullying. That's my but voice, my yeah, voice that was really inappropriate. <laughs> but like, no, it's like, it, it, no, it's that's fine. It's it's uh, <laughs> that's that's the thing. Like, why? Like, I was like, why did I? I don't have to feel ashamed of comic books. Method Man named himself after Ghost Riders, like real name johnny blaze he calls himself that all the time like mm-hmm. why would i feel ashamed why do i who am i trying to impress you or method man i'm gonna stick with method man like <laughs> that's call. that's the thing like i i would that's what that's and that's the thing hip-hop there were so many different facets of it that made me realize all the stupid mundane like child and high school shit i go through was so, it was like fleeting and stupid and, and, and the stuff that some people made fun of me for was fine in other environments. And that's yeah. another thing I realized listening to hip hop and hearing music that really expressed its environment because hip hop does that in a way that a lot of music doesn't. Um, they can't. It, and you can't, ways, yeah, because yeah. it's much more, you know, there's much, it's more biographical than any other uh, genre. Um, I, I could hear that people in, you know, in uh in houston people in carson people in columbus they all thought some they all agreed on some things being really cool or interesting or admirable but they all had their own different things that they thought were um, stupid or great or slang they use or slang they had no idea about from somewhere else and i was like if things are so different in so many different places why are any of the things that I or anybody else have to feel bad about they're like superficial or like <laughs> fleeting, like the way you talk, the way you look, the way, whatever, anything, any aspect, like the superficial stuff, the very surface stuff. Um, why does it matter? Because those, that outfit you're wearing looks stupid to someone one town over. Mm-hmm. How dare they you're using say that here. about me? Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, like, <laughs> I, and I, I realized, and I was like, so that helped me hip-hop was instrumental in me seeing mm-hmm. how big the world was because yeah. so I, I, I grew that, up in, in in the san fernando valley and it's 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 in a way very it's got a lot to it but it's also insular which is weird because it's right it's, it's a part of la county and there are people who like work in the entertainment industry there and it's very multicultural 
but at the same time there's a very much like to get out of my area where my car is and my house yeah it's very yeah. right and i mean and according to clueless you're 20 minutes from everything in la anywhere you are right oh i would yeah well, <laughs> you know at least, at least. At least I, unless, I, you're, unless you're trying to get on the 405 for anything, then you're looking at like an hour yeah. 15, hour and a half. I don't know what any of those numbers mean, you used John. To sit on, you sit on the freeway for in excess of an hour to, to like, yeah. And there was actually one time we just got out of our car. We just <laughs> got out of the car walked. and stood there and just looked all got out. I mean, there was, the, yeah, I, I'm, I'm almost like philosophically against cars. I don't oh, drive, and I wanted to drive, and I was like, no, I'm not going to drive. And then now I realize I should drive, but I still am like, oh, I don't want to drive. It's so terrible It's great because you, we, we, so you give up a subway or, like, you give up a, a bustling metropolis like L.A. where you're always in a car. I grew up outside of D.C., mm-hmm. so that's a, it's a huge suburban area, so we drove everywhere. But you come to New York, and you're not sitting in a car for a half hour. You're oh. sitting on the L train, or you're sitting on the R or the Q as it meanders over the bridge. It's like, oh, I'm only two stops away. Uh, but it's going to take me 20 minutes yeah, sometimes. it will, but, but <laughs> you don't have to drive. Exactly. Right? You, Nazi, you and, don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. And that, ladies Dude. and gentlemen, is why Uber needs Google driverless cars yeah, all right, over the place. Right? We're going to get there, yeah. and that's really exciting. And a driverless car cannot uh, sexually harass you, which is a really good thing, as to my knowledge. Uh, well, I mean, look, the technology is still young. We can have some driverless cars that will sexually I guess it depends on how Google If I could Glass quote works. Jeff Goldblum, nature uh, finds a way. Life finds nature, a way. Well, that's a good, that's a good was, life. Wasn't it life is it life finds a way? way? I think it's life, life, finds, life a way? finds a way. Sorry, guys. Yeah, that, I misquoted Jeff Goldblum. But yeah. Look, so, one, one of the things about nerd culture is that you're going to get viciously corrected. <laughs> I'm okay with it. But, it. but it's in the it's in the interest of learning and, right, and refinement. Yeah. And, you know. Being in that environment that I grew up in, it seemed like you were just everything everyone said about you was so. And also, it was the only kid, so you're you're very like sensitive. Everything that that is happening then and is like is 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 true, right? And if you don't fit in, you're just a, and and you could say that about many places, but the San Fernando Valley was it's not a place of of. Uh, and people could disagree with me about this. They're wrong or they're lying to themselves. <laughs> At least then, it was not a place of community in a lot of those areas that I grew up around. It was very much uh, selfishness. And uh, in Los Angeles, get out of here. In LA proper is like re- actually really dope. That's the thing. I love LA. The Valley. It's like a. It's like a people. I don't know what is in the water there. Like there are a lot of folks that are just. This will exemplify. So my mom, I I moved her out of her house. My sister, I moved her out of her house that we grew up in this past year. And she lived in that house for 30 years. 30 years, okay? In Woodland Hills, California. My mom's like, you know, she's on the older side. And so she wasn't doing any of this stuff. She shouldn't be doing any of this stuff herself. And yet she still did just because in leading up to us going there, trying to move stuff, trying to get stuff out, Dump stuff needs to be dumped. Legit, not one person the whole time I was there or in the days leading up to it, did anyone try to like stop and say, hey, can I help you with that? Oh, you're leaving? Blah, blah, blah. None of that. Wow. I, in New York City, which is reputed as a quote-unquote rude place, uh, I could probably fall down saturated with my own urine in front of a stranger and I have a pretty good chance of them like carrying me to safety and save my life. Yeah, yeah. Straight sure. up. 
and I know people who have been in situations like that dire or worse and complete strangers have helped them or multiple people have helped them. And where I grew up, people didn't do that. They didn't do that. It was very much, I got to make sure that my car is intact and my small business is functioning well and just my property taxes are low and and that my kid doesn't get abducted child abductions were so huge back when i was growing up it was the biggest thing i'm gonna come to the the defense of the valley i'm gonna come to defense of the valley i lived in um in burbank for a year burbank's still that's not really that's like it's not really the valley i understand that's about studios but it's here's, here's the thing is if you talk to someone who's in los angeles proper burbank is outer space but it makes I, all their I, money. It makes all their tax revenue. They gotta oh, be grateful. It does. Yeah, you got. Well, they a have lot the airport. They got an airport there, yeah, right? They have an, the Bob Hope Airport. It's a wonderful place. Best way to get to Las Vegas. Who I understand. <laughs> uh, now, uh, but I will say that as far as community goes, I've I've met some lifelong friends there in that area. Who but Burbank, right? In Burbank. That's why. Well, they lived outside of Burbank. Burbank, Studio City, and that's it. You got Burbank. That's it. Studio Shout City. out to Burbank. That's in Studio City. It, I went to North Hollywood <laughs> High School. If I had a knife in my back and I passed out on a front lawn after school, someone would call the sanitation department to get my body off, probably <laughs> after it was dead. Well, thankfully, they, they would call nine one one, or they would they would call nine one one and say, "I'm afraid for my safety." Like it, I don't. I like there was such, a, and it's weird. There was such a disdain for kids. In the valley, really? and I don't know. People go out there to raise kids. People go there to have families, and it was such. I don't. I don't get it. Like I always felt so despised. As, and I was like a really nice kid overall. I had some like rough times, but like I was like pretty polite. I remember the the library. I my mom used to work at in the West Valley. The the cop that was posted there said that the kids in that neighborhood who went to El Camino High School and Hale Middle School were literally the worst children he'd ever encountered in his Whoa. whole life. And he only worked at two places, there and in South Central. And he said that the only difference is those kids where I live didn't have an excuse and they didn't have any guns. That was the only difference. Can I ask a uh, question? And there's a high school named after a car? Or is that... No, it's named after the mission uh, and the road, the mission, El Camino Real, oh, okay. uh, and which is horrible because there's a weird thing in Southern California where they really like celebrate colonial history. Oh, and so name, is this like the mission trail, like San Luis Obispo all the way down? Like, oh, it's yeah. like, it's, it's connect. It's like it's that type of thing. It's, 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 it's awful. And they like, be like in fourth grade to be like, all right, we're going to build dioramas of missions. And my mom was like, that's like building a concentration camp. So you're not <laughs> going to be doing that. And I'm going to write you a note that says my child's not going to be doing oh, that. Oh, my mom wrote notes too. Yeah. They're the best. Oh, it's, it's so offensive to do like yeah, they're, the El Camino High School, the school I, I specifically did not go to because it was, down, it was down the street from me. I could have walked to school every single day and been, I could have gotten up at 740 and be like, I'm in school. And like, that's every teenager's dream, right? Like, Absolutely. That's, like, That'd be incredible. I had to be at the bus stop at 620. The kids there Ugh. were demon spawn. I was like, I, I saw them and how they treated each other and other people. And I was like, no, I'm not going to be among this. My mom raised me better than this. I'm not going to be in this cesspool. And I didn't go there. I, I skipped over Taft High School, which was the next one over. I was like, these kids are abominable. And 
I went to North Hollywood in like the magnet program. And even though that had its own complications, <laughs> still better environment, but the West Valley, this is another, th- like El Camino high school, their mascot was the conquistador. Oh, that's, le- that's literally oh. like having your mascot that's be brutal. a Nazi or like the that Redskins exact, or the red straight up <laughs> on the other end. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, like, like the, like the Custers or something like exactly. that. Like it's, it's so, it's so messed up. And I, I'm, I'm not sad to be gone ever. I'm li- you know, and yeah. I feel bad saying that. Cause I, like I said, I love LA and I love some parts of the Valley, my neighborhood I will, ne- it, unless it experiences radical change, I will never miss it. It never informed some aspect of my musical upbringing, my cultural upbringing. It was, it was, it, it was like, I felt like Luke on, on, uh, on, uh, the desert planet. Was it, there's a Tatooine where he Tatooine, grew up? Yeah, Tatooine, yeah. yeah. I felt like Luke on Tatooine, except my parents were my real So parents. you wanted to go to, uh, so she's so station to get some power converters exactly, but it had nothing to do with you being able to pilot no, an X Wing no, correctly. No, that's no. just so Soul Khan's innate ability to rap had nothing to do with the fact that he grew up in a horrible, horrible place, yeah. And, right, and keep in mind, hor- using horrible just describe it as one horrible, as, as wretched, not <laughs> difficult. It was, it was, it's comfortable, it's very, it's, it's everything is made to be comfortable, like, yeah, there, there are. There are four shopping malls in a half mile radius. I, mean, I, mean, I, think, it, I think it's safe to say that up. any place that someone calls home is gonna, they're gonna be able to find their faults in it. If you spend your enough time anywhere, I know. No, when I, I promise. Left, well, you know what? You're right. You're right. They're definitely, when when you go to any, t- you know, I mean, heck, in New York, people even people say, "I love New York, but I hate this, 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 this," and they'll spend <laughs> the time saying everything is New wrong. York is my favorite cesspool. I but it's it's now it's just like it. I leave my neighborhood and it's all like if you go to Manhattan the first thing you see is 12 Walgreens. Yep, like, at least. It's like you walk out of the subway it's like I think you're overlooking the Dwayne Reed. The Dwayne Reed <laughs> Wal, Walgreens chase. I they thought I was Dwayne coming Reed. to New York the the never ending cipher of of, of freestyling and hip hop realness and I came to a giant Chase Walgreens uh, Starbucks, but that's all of America. Like that's not that's not unique to New York at all. And that that sort of ties it back to you know what we sort of touched on in the beginning was how, you know, there's you know there's that innate sense that you want to be in this place and you want to, yeah. um, you know, you want to experience that culture where you saw that it you saw it being awesome. Like yeah, if I like nice. I grew up listening to the Pixies and Nirvana, so if I moved to Seattle right now, I couldn't just put on flannel and start shooting heroin and be like I'm authentic <laughs> shit. So like. You come you shouldn't here. Shouldn't do that anywhere. Probably <laughs> the flannel's fine, but the heroin ain't got. Heroin's not good. All right, I'll remember that. But then, but then you come here, and then it, it, it's sort of like that—that that almost. I mean, n- not that everyone comes here expecting to just. Oh, it's going to be the exact same way. But I feel like in a lot of ways, um, where you grow up, no matter no matter how you grew up or whether or not you enjoyed it, it still has to inform at least oh, yeah. some sense of like what you know you don't want to be like or you oh, don't yeah. want to be like and anymore. That, yeah, no, that's, and that's right. value. And, you can't, well, yeah. I think there's yeah. a maturity in learning the lessons of that as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, and I, I, when I, there was this right after college, first semester, I was like, I'm really glad to be home. And then as soon as, like the, the next semester, I think all my friends and I just stopped talking to each other from home. Just, but not, not out of like, that's just growing up. And I was like, I have nothing invested here anymore. And I was like, I never wanted to go back. Yeah. Just because without the people you experience things with, you just have a bunch of places 
to be fair. And, and where I grew up was deliberately built to be cookie cutter and oriented toward like planned, yeah. planned stuff, tracked housing mall. Like really there are four shopping malls, four separate shopping malls in a, like a half mile radius from where I grew up. And that's, that doesn't, does that, who does that help? We don't need that many. Have you gone back and done uh, any shows like in your hometown or I did one seen in any LA. of the old crew? I did one in LA and it was pretty cool-ish. What there were some did, externalities that, that, that messed it up a little bit, but I couldn't control those. Um, I should go back and do a show. I really want to go back to the spot. If it's still open, I don't know if it is. There's a spot called the Cobalt Cafe okay. in, 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 uh, in the West Valley. And it was a place where like all the high school rock bands would play. Awesome. And occasionally like just like a, a, an, a you know, adults playing music too. Uh, but that was like the spot where like the, the, the indie rock kids would play and the, and the hardcore kids would play. And there was like almost no hip hop there ever, sadly. But I want to do, if, if I blow up, I'm going to go do a free show there. Cobalt. Cobalt Cafe. If Cobalt it still Cafe, exists, are you listening? Yo, it could right you get now. A free it could Soul be an H and R block. I don't know at this point. There's there could be anything. I yeah. and, and if it or just I just want to do a show in the valley. Cause I do have a lot of fans there. And I I feel their pain, you know, unless they're of that weird variety of people that will only live in a place because of the weather. <laughs> I, I can't relate to that. I can appreciate it. Yeah. I can't I, weather is off the list for me at this point. I, you could put me in an Arctic outpost if it was like a bustling metropolis. I don't care. I like that. I saw a great thing about how North Dakota is like a new tech hub. And I was like, that looks really awesome. I that think that's because... I, I think that's a lie. I think it's just an oil hub. No, I, I, I actually heard this. And we don't have to go off on this tangent. Yeah, but yeah, I'm going to say yeah. I think I heard it. Um, apparently, they put a bunch of money into teaching their students how to fly drones. So there's a lot of tech, tech hubness ah. around there. So you can learn how to be a drone pilot and then go kill brown you, people. Yeah, you kill a wedding oh, party fantastic. instead of uh, terrorists. That's yeah, drones. That's what it is. That's the such bad news. Drones. Oh man, <laughs> that's something. Man, that's upsetting. <laughs> that whole world of drone. Every time I got, I got friends who are like, "Yo, we used a drone to film a music video." And I'm like, and they use it to kill children. And they're like, wah, wah, wah. and I was like, well. Don't say drone around me. Just, just, yeah. just keep it out the car. I was, I was, I was at a bachelor party uh, this summer, <laughs> and a buddy of mine, he just he, he bought a drone online. And it's, it's just a, a four. He brought it to the bachelor party, and we got drunk, and we're going to go out and just fly it up. So he turns it on. It goes straight up into the air, and he's like, sometimes I lose the signal, and I can't control it correctly. And I'm like, that's not good. And then it goes up, and then Did we're, it drop we're, a bomb on you. Evan? No, it, there was nothing on it. We didn't put any books on there or, or any any kind of like WMDs or anything. But it was just went straight <laughs> Two up. Two options. And then we look at it, and he's like, uh, "Okay, yeah, I don't have control of this anymore." And then he puts the controller down, and we all just run in four different directions, and then it slowly That's just comes down. So, I mean, if if a twenty nine year old drunk kid can't control a drone, what makes us think the government can? They can't. Right, exactly. They literally can't. Yeah, we're they asking can, the powerful questions they today. Can, the or they don't do it for the right reasons. And we're not looking for answers. We're just asking these Yo, questions. I, and that's, <laughs> that's the whole thing where that, that's... I like being in music because one of those things where I could say even the worst things in music don't really compare to the worst things of most other institutions of society. <laughs> right. They really don't. Like, even really offensive music, you could turn it off. Yeah. Or you could like have a campaign against it and it might work and they'll yank it off the shelves or off of a website. Mm -hmm. You can't 
you know, there are things that get out of control with technology, with, uh, with uh, uh, you know, agriculture and with, uh, with, with um, hunting. And I'm just thinking of like various simple basic yep. elements of, of, of living. They can go horribly wrong. Music, what's going to happen? Like the, the worst things that might happen, what, like, uh, what was that white supremacist, like little girl group, Prussian blue? Like that's something, oh, yeah. that's like the worst thing no, that can happen. I read, I read music. an article about that. That's They've like the completely wor- changed. Yeah, their no, they ways flipped now, around. Apparently. That's, that's like the worst thing that could happen. You get that. You get the white supremacists to flip over to the good guys. Side. <laughs> that actually is right. And that's the thing. It's a good outcome. So it's, you, it's you know, progress. And, and that's, or like, I don't know stuff that's there. You know, there's obviously a lot of music that's popular. It's, that's degrading to all manners of, of, of already disempowered people and, 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 and classes in society. And it's, it sucks. And it, it, it does play an insidious role. It's not as bad as the political institutions that actually make those, that disempowerment like physical and right. a, a daily reality and well, like and legally si- yeah, and systematic yeah exactly and ingrained into things. yeah and that's and and obviously like as i said before culture informs values but hey the worst thing i'm ever going to do is piss someone off probably <laughs> the best thing i'm gonna probably do is you know change someone's life if i could do that'd be cool if yeah. i could do that there are a lot of people i think i've come across who'll say like yo you could inspire me to to rap and that's a mixed bag because I'm like, oh, we don't really need that many more <laughs> rappers. But kind of, I kind of was rapping. I was hoping to corner this market myself yeah. a little yeah, more. You gotta realize the rap yeah, game. Like, message yeah. to everyone out there: Don't learn don't to rap. rap. Don't Come rap. No, <laughs> learn, no. learn folk guitar. Yo, don't, uh, Rachel, Ra- Ra- Rachel just got. Don't really do both at the same time. Inspiring MC. Don't rap <laughs> with the acoustic guitar. I will fight you. I will. <laughs> I will yeah, that's what. It's a knife in the gut every time. Ed Sheeran, you hear that? Oh, well, he's different, but he does both things. Like, I mean, like someone's like, "Look at these worlds collide." It's acoustic guitar and hip hop rhyming. Like that's oh, that's you know, that is the <laughs> whitest radio voice Thank you, you could have done. That Thank was amazing. You. Thank you. That was really good. I, it was Casey Kasem, I think. Oh man, is he still alive? Or I. Did I they, or he was gone. So. No, he went he was, missing. He went missing, but then I think he died I think shortly he, after. He? I'm sure Twitter will be sure to reprimand us. Let's on. move on. Let's move Hashtag on. No more that. Where are you, Casey? <laughs> Hashtag RIP, Casey. <laughs> Hashtag find Casey. Casey with a K. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, as soon as we find Casey, let's, 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 t- let's talk more about... Um, I wanted to bring up uh, one of the last times I saw you live um, after Bonnaroo. Yes. The uh, the supergroup performance, which I mentioned before, is on on YouTube. Everyone can check it out. There was it's at awesome. the woods. Was that? Was that, I think it was yeah. you and Jay at the woods. That was fun. That was, it was all the brown back. We actually all turned right, up. right, right. Yeah, yeah. Really, which is a, a rare thing. It was it was awesome, and I I remember it was like wait that's that's true. Like I haven't heard any dates of like brown back doing stuff like since then. Or what I'm asking is, can we look forward to since there's a new record coming out, some more Soulcon dates? Yeah, in the oh, near yeah. future. Once once everything's done, then we'll start figuring out where to go with it or awesome. where we can go with it because I don't you know, for first we're actually going to be releasing a single, which yep. is going to be dope and when can people expect that? Uh, I think we can, we can hear a B side of that single at so far sounds right. Yeah, you, you heard, you, heard yeah. you heard what's definitely going to be a single off the album uh, a song called King Ugly. Uh, there's a live performance, um, so far sounds, and that's 
It's a dope track. Great. So, Check uh, it out. You, Thank YouTube you. search that one. Yeah. yeah. King Ugly. Soulcon. King Ugly. Um, and yeah, but the, the, the single is that's coming out before that um, is is a bit of a deviation from the rest of the album because it's like it's it's about encouraging people to be happy and with themselves. And uh, I didn't want I shouldn't use the word happy because some people are going to think, are you making a, your own version of happy? Uh, <laughs> which would be about, I mean, that's a dope song. So uh, I'll make a video dancing to your music, yeah. man. I'm, I ain't scared. Yeah, you can't if you want. You can yeah. dance if you want. You can leave your cares behind. And, um, and, if, and if, they, if you don't dance, then what's the rest of it? If, if, <laughs> if your friends you don't dance, then they can't dance. You know, they're no friends of Wait, mine. Wait, we don't want to have to pay them, so let's stop doing the lyrics. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> that's a good idea. You know what? I wonder sometimes. I'm very referential in conversation, and I sometimes worry that if I drop something, someone, like if I got famous and someone, and I was like making me like quippy little references. Someone's like, I'm just going to sue you for that. Right. I don't even have merit. It's to like do an so. undercover ass cap agent is yeah. just waiting yeah. behind you. Gonna bury you in litigation until you settle from some you know, whatever. horrible publishers just waiting in the wings with a lyric they sheet. They exist. <laughs> they exist. So, Oh man. Uh, there, there are times when I, I just, cause I used to, and then, Oh, and by the way, this next album is all sample free, which is like a great milestone. Dope. Um, but it doesn't sound like it, which is cool. Not that it's bad to sound sample free, but and it's, it's produced. It's, oh, it's the whole thing's produced by J fifty seven. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And, and it's it. You know, I don't frankly care if something's sample free or not. I don't think I that. Either. I I don't I don't give a damn. But good music is good music. Yeah, it it's just that, you know, it it means I won't get sued if it blows up. That's right. the thing that I really don't want. I just don't want all the work to go to someone's pocket who's dead. Well, uh, now someone's going to sample those, your, your, your beats and, and shit And they like can that. do that, and I would come to a much more reasonable <laughs> agreement. That's the thing, yo. They, to, people cut off their nose to spite their face when it comes to sampling. It's so sad. Mm-hmm. It's a whole generation of musicians that weren't making any money off of a lot of their music who could have come to sensible agreements with a lot of artists. Yeah. And, and it's one of those, you know, short money versus long money, and short money often wins yeah, every day. I mean, that's where the music people. came from. Yeah. Solcon, thank you so much no for coming Yo, today. My pleasure. Um, I feel like we covered a lot of topics. Hell yeah. I want to make sure we let everyone know that uh, you can find out more about Solcon's old EPs on Solcon.com. Yes. The new record is dropping later this year. Follow Solcon on Twitter mm-hmm. at Solcon. Make sure to check him out on YouTube. He has at least 12 or 35 dozen incredible videos. Um, Between. Is that, I can't, I can't do math. Wait, wait, wait hold mean, on. Before, before, before <laughs> wait, we do this, before, before we wrap things up, and I know that we're short on time, but I have to know, can we expect any new music from Brown Bag All-Stars? We can. Anytime we can. in the near future. Hell yeah. Yeah, we're actually doing, uh, this is the, I don't, it's not weird, but it's just like the most out of left field thing. We're doing a whole album with uh, Bumpy Knuckles. Uh, nice. The, one of the, the, one of the, the most dangerous men in hip hop. Uh, and certainly a, a, a legend and an icon uh, who I respect and admire. And it's, it's been a cool process. And I don't think anyone's done that. Like a whole group and a solo artist just we're gonna make an album together. I dig it. So that's going to be cool. Um, when can we look for that? Give me, give me an exact date. Exact date. <laughs> exact date, yeah. I'm sure uh, you have that. That's all. That's probably, we're probably looking at like summerish. Fall. All right. I may, All right. Hopefully earlier, but it's uh, hopefully summer and not fall. But 
So. It's uh, it's gonna be dope, and it's very much for like the hip hop heads. You, yeah, you, you you heard it. The song of the summer is coming from Brown Bag All Stars. Fuck yeah! Well, and the song of the summer. I'm hoping, yo, this single. I'm telling y'all, it's 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 nice. It's gonna make you feel real good. We'll, I we'll be sure it's to awesome. look, look for it. We'll include links to all of SoulCon's social media, YouTube, everything, so everyone can listen to all of your music. Thank and you. then. I mean, we're looking forward to the new album, man. Yeah, hell yeah. Thank really you. Thank you. It's it's going to sell like five copies. Five copies. <laughs> and strong. If it sells strong. five. Every, there's only going to be one YouTube comment on every video. It's just going to say first, and there's not going to be anything else. Might have might get 10 views. Uh, you know, that's what I'm, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm looking forward to something that's disappointing. All right, look, I, I want the second person out there to write second on all that, of Solcon's YouTube though. videos. That should be a no, thing. I mean, this is, this needs to happen. I can't <laughs> allow just the, the There's first no one who's guy second to get at this his point on those right. videos. I, well, there is, but they're not doing that. Well, well no, so. I think, I think the second needs to step up in the YouTube commenting game. I'm it's, if, it's really, you can identify that there is a second viewer on your YouTube video it's going to do very bad. Absolutely. Look, here's the thing: is it's I, so I think we have. Well, well you guys know that. Y'all know well, that no, as far I mean, as like look, where the, how the count jump up. We look up at a lot of like, YouTube data. We yeah. have no fucking way. No. I think we have more out. luck finding Casey. Oh man, he might be honest. in the data. It might so, be like Tron. Casey Kasem <laughs> was beamed into YouTube servers. That'd be uh, yeah, crazy. His, his Casey. All right, you heard it here first, folks. Casey Kasem's UI was. I mean, he's an older it's, dude. I mean, the internet to him might just be like being in Tron. It might be disorienting. It might it, be crazy. It, it might be. It's There's a very same. good chance it will be. So we may need his son if, if <laughs> this is going to be bad. But I was going to oh, ask no. his son to go into the computer and find Casey. But um, I hope he doesn't hear this. He did, <laughs> he did die. Uh, Rachel Yo, just handed this to me. I hope June he lives 15. on forever in, on the grid. Yeah. yeah. So. The, that's that, that, that's that a good place to be. That sweet, silky voice can... With, Give uh, the internet love and make sure that you know music yeah. is. Who's the villain's forever. name in Tron? Clue. It's Clue, right? Jeff Bridges. No, uh, yeah, Jeff well, Bridges was Clue. There was like a well, it was the same guy, right? He made right. A yeah, that's copy the, of that's the twit. Yeah, that's yeah, the, that's it. Yeah. All right, so everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. For the next hour, we're gonna talk about Tron. I'm just kidding. Yeah, we're gonna have, <laughs> we'll make it a separate podcast. We'll do something. Uh, thank you so much to everyone for listening to our ramblings about Tron, Casey Kasem, and everything in between. Thank you so much to Solcon for coming out and entertaining us. And this has been talking Indie Creators. This been yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is this has been the Indie Creators podcast, and we're re- no. All right. Uh, sincerely, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, you can follow us at, on Twitter at Indie Music. Uh, Solcon, tell people how they can find you. Everything, all the sites slash Soulcon. The only exception to that is Instagram because some kid took it, took Soulcon. And if you're listening, it's not cool. Give you it back. It, you, I can't threaten you legally. I but will. But I can not not threaten you. Uh, so, yeah, but it's yeah, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Soulcon. Instagram is I'm Soulcon. Otherwise, it's all the backslash Soulcon. S O U L K H A N, not A H N. It drives me crazy. Con like Genghis. All right, yes. everybody, thank you so much again for tuning in. And if you tune in and you have Soul Con's Instagram, give it back. <laughs>
Alright, that was a lot of fun. That was a great talk this week, guys. Uh, make sure you uh, check out everything we mentioned at the end of the podcast. All Solcon's upcoming stuff is on his website, solcon.com. You can follow him on Twitter. That's Solcon, S-O-U-L-K-H-A-N. He's got a new record coming out later this year, so make sure you keep an eye out for all that. And uh, yeah. Yeah, in the meantime, thank you to our sponsor, Indie Music. Please hit them up on Twitter at Indie Music, I N D M U S I C. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks.